0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 1 John and learning how to walk in light, walk in love. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Uh, we're in 1 John chapter 3, we We're talking about the love of God and the love that uh, we have of God uh, by which we can love other people. Matter of fact, we're going to get, um, not too long from now, we're going to get to chapter five and talk about these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. So what things did John write? The entire book. It's not just that verse, the entire book. And and what are these things that give us assurance of salvation? What are the tests? I could say it that way, that we are saved. Well, the Bible gives us really essentially three in the book of First John: uh, the, the the moral test. You know, are we walking in the light? That's when we can know we can know that we're saved. When there's a desire to live holy, a desire to follow God, a desire to walk in His ways. It's not to say that we're going to be perfect. We we know that that we aren't. And First John chapter one makes that clearer. But there is that test. Then there's the test of love. You know, am I loving others? Is that a disposition of heart? Is that a natural response that I have in my life? Is that part of who I am as a one born of my father? And then the the third test that we're going to spend a little bit more time on, uh, maybe even next episode, certainly in the next couple of episodes, is what, what I call the doctrinal test. You know, is my doctrine aligning with the theology that the Bible teaches. You know, what do I believe about Jesus? Uh, that, that means everything. So doctrinally, uh, morally, uh, in, in, as far as my love for others, these are important tests that we can administer to ourself, self-administer. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I walking in, in truth, walking in light, walking in love? We're in 1 John chapter 3 and verse uh, 18 today. Let me jump in by reading uh, the verses that we'll cover, or at least a couple of them. Uh, verse 18, the Bible says, my little children, let us love in word. Let us, I'm sorry, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And that's not to say that, that John is saying, so don't, don't speak lovingly. Uh, don't say loving things. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, don't love in word only. Don't love in tongue only, but love in deed and in truth. Your love needs to go beyond your speech. Your love needs to go beyond your well wishes. And, and we pointed this out uh, an episode ago, John, that this is the language of James chapter 2. What did the prophet, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith in other words that kind of faith a talk about it faith can that help anybody of course not no it's only a faith that shows up in works that's going to help somebody i can tell i can tell it's a, Tell somebody all day long, hey, I hope you get some food, be warmed and filled. That might be sincere. That might be a well-wish on my part, but that doesn't give them any food. That does not give them any clothes. That doesn't help them. So the Bible says, "My, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. True love shows up. And I know this sounds like a broken record, but we're just going through the Bible
1: here. True love shows up in action. It sure does, Pastor. And I think wow, it's so easy for people to be hypocritical and to say, you know, I, I love somebody. But if, if all I ever hear is what somebody says, and yet what they do is exactly the opposite, then there really is not love there. You know, I could tell my wife, oh, you know, Penn, I love you so much. You know, I'm glad you're my wife. I could, I could talk all day long, I could say things. And yet, if I treat her, uh, you know, poorly, if you know I'm not kind to her, I don't show you know actions of love to her. To, to her, she's gonna know John does not love me as he ought love. And you know that can happen in a marriage relationship, surely, but it can happen in any relationship where we can say, hey, you know, I love your brother, or I love you, sir, or what, ma'am, or whatever the case may be. But when they have a need and they know I can help them, and I'm just refusing to help them, then they say, you know, John may talk a big game but he is not genuine and God wants us to have authentic Christianity. You know, the world has an idea of what authentic Christianity ought be uh, and they expect Christians to behave as Christians. And when we're not behaving as Christ, it gives a bad testimony that we are certainly hypocritical in what we're saying. A a key word
0: in the book of 1 John is the word no, K-N-O-W, um, and, and not just know here up in the head, but know in the sense of being assured of, having a full and, and complete experiential knowledge of, and and the Bible introduces even that concept here, or reiterates that concept. Look at verse number nineteen, and hereby we know. So interestingly, in verse nineteen, we know. And then in verse 20, God knows all things. And we're going to see the, the connection in a moment. But look at verse 19. And hereby, we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Hereby, you know, by what do we know that we are of the truth? By what do we assure our hearts before him? We, we know that we're of the truth and we can assure our hearts before him as we love people. In other words, your, the love that you have for other people expressed in sacrifice, expressed in giving, expressed in just that others mindedness ought to serve as an assurance to you that God is alive and well in your life, that you are born of God. When you have a desire to serve other people, when you get active in living for
1: other people, that itself will be an assuring factor in your life. You know, I think, Pastor how so much John is emphasizing now, and we're going to find this in chapter four as well, where love is such a key part of the Christian life that it really is has great emphasis not only throughout other parts of Scripture, but here in the passage we're in, on to the next chapter, where as you mentioned, Pastor, love is just to be part and Partial of who a Christian is. If, if I were to say, hey, Pastor, I want you to meet a baseball player. Well, you think right away, well, the guy plays baseball for sure. I mean, that's just, if I say, hey, here's a baseball player, he, he, but he's never played baseball. Well, you would say, well, he's not a baseball player then. If I were to say, Pastor, I want to introduce you to this Christian, you should say, well, he, he loves people. That's, that's what Christians do. Mm. And you're right. When we love people, it does, you know, authenticate. Yes, you know, I, I am like my father, like my mm. father, God. God gave love. And I'm giving love to the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm using my volition to act out what I know God wants me to do. And it testifies that you know, we are like our father and how we love people.
0: Yeah, interestingly, when and I love that illustration. So when, when you love others, that's not only a Personal affirmation, like God gives you assurance. Well, where did that come from? Because think about it. Mankind, essentially and by nature, is very selfish. That's why when your kids were small, you didn't have to teach them to say words like mine, mine. mine. Man, they figured that out all by themselves. Why? It was in their nature. You actually had to teach them things that went against their nature, like share be nice, be kind, right? Because it's not in our nature. So we can know that we're born of God when these things that are unnatural, that are really supernatural, are part and parcel to the way we think. I want to help others. I want to love others. I want to serve others. That is a good affirmation of spiritual vitality. But think about it. It's also an affirmation to those around us. So I could ask you today, do you have the assurance of your salvation? And you, would, you might say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that I know Christ is my Savior. But here's my question. Do other people have the assurance of your salvation? So, so Paul said to the Thessalonians, he said, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. So Paul said, I know that you're saved. And one of the reasons why Paul was able to say that so emphatically was, hey, you have a love that labors. You have a faith that works. You, you, have a, you have a hope, a confidence that perseveres. He saw in their lives the marks of change in Christianity. And he said, man, I'm assured of your salvation. The Bible says, by this shall all men know. There's our word. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one toward another. So other people are assured of our authentic walk with God as they see our love for other people.
1: So it's a <laughs> it's a it's a huge concept, isn't it? It sure is, Pastor. And I, and I love what you thought, what you just emphasize about how that people around us, you know, they know who we are by what we do. And you also mentioned that our culture and our nature really is is selfish. We, you know, people, apart from the grace of God, people live for themselves. You know, they're not going to live for others. But the Holy Spirit wants produced through the Spirit in our life, love, joy, peace. And the list goes on, as you know. But what we ought have is not, you know, what can I do for myself today? But how can I live for God? How can I help other people? How can I reach out and minister to people? We find Jesus time and time again evidences that for us, how that you know the Son of the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Mm-hmm. And so often the Bible talks about Christ's ultimate sacrifice of dying for our sins as an example to us how we ought to be toward other people. So here's the question then, John. So we, we
0: can have a level of assurance in our own faith as we see the love of God operating in our lives as we're serving other people. But I guess my question is, do any one of us do that consistently and perfectly? No. And of course, the answer is no, So does that mean then that we get on this roller coaster of, well, I thought I was saved, maybe I'm not saved. I could have given something to that person and I didn't. I had the wherewithal and I wasn't as kind as I could have been. And, but maybe I'm not even saved. You know, if you're not careful, you'll, you'll go into that ditch. And that's what John deals with here in the ensuing verses. So look at verse number 19. So hereby, we, we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. So there's assurance when we see God's love operating in our lives. But look at verse 20, for if, for if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. So part of assurance comes by what we know. You know, we we know that we're passed from the death unto life because we love the brethren. Well, we can see this operating in our life. But what about those times of of backsliding? What about those times of selfishness? What about those times when we are behaving more like who we were than who we are in Christ? Well, the Bible says that at those times, we can still have assurance because God is greater than our heart. You know, and God doesn't condemn us. God's not upstairs, you're waiting for us to mess up so he can say, I disown you as a child, you're, you're not really my, no, at, at those times, we rest upon the promise of God. God knoweth all things and he surely knows those that are his.
1: That's a great thought, Pastor, and I love the fact that God inspired John to write this verse. And I've used it many times, to talk with people, because you're right. People, even even the best of Christians, is still is still a human being. They still have frail flesh, and they're not. We're not always perfect in what we do, and sometimes Satan wants to create doubt in our lives, in our inner person, and say, Hey, you know, in your heart, are you really saved? You know, or we confess a sin, and then Satan keeps on trying to brag, you know, drag it back up, and beat you over the head with it. And I've talked to people before who ask God for forgiveness, but they're they're living just with this great sense of shame in their life. You know, you know, you know, how can God can how can God use me? And you know, they're just their heart is condemning them. Oh, you're worthless. You or whatever the case may be. But this is a great verse to say. No, live, live by truth. God knows your heart. No, don't let inside your feelings, your emotions. Don't let that control ultimately how you're living your life. Live by the truth of God. And I love that John puts that in here, that God knows us. We can trust in Christ. I'm in in Jesus Christ. I'm perfect in God's sight. Now I'm, I'm still not practically there, obviously, but positionally I am. I'm a forgiven saint. And God wants me to live in that boldness. And you wonder if John didn't go down
0: memory lane a bit right here. The Bible says in Matthew 26, 56, that all of the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, they all forsook him and fled. Now, I think John came back first because he was there at the cross, but the explicit statement of scripture is that they all forsook him. So you, you wonder if maybe even John doesn't go back in his own mind's eye to, boy, you know, I didn't behave faithfully and I certainly wasn't expressing great fidelity and love for the Lord in that moment. But God was greater than that, wasn't he? And there's there's great assurance in the fact that God knows those that are his. Look at verse um uh, Oh, wow. Let me just maybe mention this and we'll uh, finish for today. Look at verse number 21. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. So it's a matter of true assurance is a matter of resting in who God is, not in what we have done or what we have prayed or how faithful we have been. You know, our confidence, when we can dismiss the condemnation that comes from the inside, we can find the confidence that comes from the outside, from God Himself. And that's a great confidence that we can have. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. No, my confidence is not in my ability to keep my salvation. My confidence is in the promise of
1: God to complete my salvation. And that's a great thought, Pastor. And I I love here just the passage that John has given us right now of how God knows who we are he knows where we're at, he knows what we need, and the Spirit, you know, talks, ministers to our spirit, and God wants us to walk in assurance. I think you mentioned a few episodes ago, you know, John is not saying these things because he wants people to walk around doubting their salvation. No, just the opposite is true. He wants them to live in the truth of who they are in Jesus Christ and know they can serve Jesus Christ based upon the truth that God has revealed. We can know beyond doubt that we are his children, and God wants us to live with that kind of confidence.
0: Yeah, and sometimes people have the idea, but but if, if I truly believe that, you know, once you're saved, you're always saved, and you're saved because of who you are, heart, are in Christ, not because of what you do to keep your salvation, then wouldn't that kind of person just say, well, I'm just going to go out and sin then because I'm saved. Well, first of all, no, because your motivation is different. Second of all, no, because you're walking now with confidence. Uh, I know we're out of time. I'll close with this illustration. Years ago, the, the, the building of the Golden Gate Bridge, the famous iconic bridge there in San Francisco, early on in the project, John, they had... People that were dying because it was, just, they didn't have the OSHA rules that they have today and worker safety rules in place. People were falling to their death and it was bad press. And people were, it was not good in the newspapers for, for them to be building this project at the loss of these lives. So they stopped the project and they constructed an elaborate safety net underneath the bridge. So now, if somebody were to fall, He's not going to die. He's going to land on that safety net. So here, here's the here's the result. Ready? I know this is going to be shocking to you. Fewer people died. Now <laughs> oh, you say, well, okay, obviously, okay, but here's here's the astounding thing. Ready? Fewer people fell. <laughs> now think about that. Well, you'd think if there's a safety net more people would fall because now I know I'm not going to die. I'm going to take more risks. Mm. The point is fewer people fell. Why? Because now they're walking with confidence. Mm. They're not walking with fear. Mm. And I'll tell you something, when you walk in the confidence of who you are in Christ, when you walk in the confidence of his love that's been set upon you, that's the kind of life that God wants you to live and me to live. It's the, it's, it's, it's the sweet spot. And we'll talk a little bit more about that sweet spot next episode. So thanks for joining us. Hope you have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.